Hi, this is Kirk Reed. Bear with me as we need a little compliance disclosure. In our practice, we give financial advice to our clients. We know their financial situation in detail before doing so. That's generally not the case with callers we speak with on the show. We can't give truly meaningful financial advice because we don't know the detailed financial situation of the caller. After all, we just met. Any suggestions we make to callers are generic in nature and meant to steer a caller in the right direction. Callers should check with their own financial professionals before implementing any suggestions that we may make. At times on this show, we talk about investments and investment performance. Investment returns are not guaranteed, and past performance does not guarantee future results. And we're back. Good morning. Welcome to McNamara on Money. Um, you're listening to <laughs> you're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm a little rusty this morning. Uh, I'm Alyssa McNamara Reed. Joined this morning by Mark Styles of Styles Law. Good morning. Thank Good morning. you. And I just downloaded Odyssey. By oh, the way. nice. Tim, thank you for the. Oh, uh, you're welcome. Yeah. And is I'll that... be unsubscribing from TuneIn Radio, which is like fourteen <laughs> oh. bucks a month or something. Oh, really? What? Odyssey, you, you can pay, live stream You pay for TuneIn? It, I mean, it might be. Less I didn't know than they that. had a pay. It's plan. a pay subscription. Oh, yeah, so I'm geez. canceling that uh, yeah. now. So, wait, Odyssey, you can live stream this uh, uh, this show. Okay, yeah, I'll have to download that. That's pretty cool. So you can I live stream our station, our sister stations. ATD. Cool. A, a lot of podcasts. It's it's great. Awesome. I've had uh, TuneIn Radio simply awesome. for when I'm not around here and I want to listen to WATD. I've I can't believe you have to pay for... I've never had to pay for TuneIn. I don't know what you're on, uh, but, I man. probably pressed the button. I probably you, you pressed the wrong button. Oh, you need my <laughs> credit fact, card? Though. Here you go. Yeah, here, I, oh, I right. guess it's a service that I'm willing to pay for. Oh, man. I added to Too the willing. CPI. Oh. Yes, you did. Um, all right. And also, David Tortolot, certified reverse mortgage professional with Homestead Mortgages. Good morning. Good morning. Good to he- be here with you both. Thank you. All right. We're, you. we're finally going to get into the weeds, right? I, You know, the way I design my shows is that I like to do, you know, preface the show and all that. And sometimes that takes an hour, which it did, but that was interesting stuff. Um, but I wanted, but, but I wanted to get into my big thoughts now and really get into, I don't know, the weeds of the discussion. Right. And, and, um, we're, we're finally going to let David shine here in terms of accessing equity in homes and stuff like that. So, um, all right. Uh, so I guess sort of my first big thought, we sort of, you already touched on it and you stole my thunder a little, but I'll forgive you, David, is that, oh, you know, ho- um, home prices, Right, have increased dram- dramatically. I, I guess I don't have the statistics at my fingertips, but they've increased dramatically in the last what two two years, I guess. Right, oh, yeah. and and I guess decent appreciation even before that in terms of real estate. Um, I did a little bit of digging again. I don't have a ton of statistics here, but you know, again, I'm just under the heading of big thoughts. Right, we've had this refi boom in the last really decade since coming out of. Well, maybe not quite that long, but at least five or eight years, right? Where interest rates have been really low, uh, home values recovered from their lows back in the credit crisis. Um, And I think then, and a lot of people have refinanced, but I also think a lot of people have cash out refinanced um, and accessed equity. And, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but I just think that's the case and, 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 or, you know, accessed equity in their properties. And I pulled, I just found one article. I didn't do a ton of research on this, but my, I thought in the last recent years that, you know, not only have a, like I said, not only have a lot of people refinance to lock in low interest rates. They've been low for quite some time other than this year. Um, but I was curious to, 
to see how to know how many millions or billions or trillions of dollars were accessed in the terms of cash in in the uh, via cash out refinances in the last several years. So I just found I found one Wall Street Journal article from March of last year, so March of 2011. And I won't read the whole thing, but the title of the article is that cash out refinancing has hit hit highest level since the financial crisis. Home prices have soared during the coronavirus pandemic, prompting more borrowers to pocket cash from refis. And I'm assuming reverse mortgages are not included in that statistic, although I'm not 100% sure. Probably not. Probably not. We'll touch on why. Okay, we'll touch on that in a minute. Um, U.S. homeowner, this again, this is from a Wall Street Journal article, March of 2011 by someone named Orla McCaffrey. And I won't read the whole thing, but uh, real quick, first couple paragraphs here. U.S. homeowners cashed out of $152 billion in home equity last year. Wow. In one year, $152 billion in home equity, a 42% increase from 2019 and the most since 2007. This is according to Freddie Mac data, I guess. Uh, blockbuster year for mortgage originations as well. Um, $2.8 trillion in refinances in 2020 and $152 billion in home equity came out via cash out refi. So when I, I, I remember seeing, I don't know if it was this article or similar articles, you know, rewind six to 12 months and, you know, sort of hearing about this and some of the financial news and honestly scared me a little bit because, you know, I, I, you, I'm just inevitably thinking about the credit crisis and why we were in the credit crisis. And, and, you know, basically long story short, the credit crisis was people were over leveraged, right? They, they had um, borrowed too much in, in terms of equity from their home. And I guess there was, you know, um, we could blame it on, um, I don't know if improper is the right word, or irresponsible lending practices, right? Which ho- hopefully is not quite the case now, right? That seems to have been cleaned up a little bit post-credit crisis. But it, it did scare me a little to hear that, that, you know, these cash out refis are, are so uh, were so have been so popular, not right now, but I don't know. What's your take on that? It, it was it was making me nervous, and sort of this article goes on to say, um, yeah, this happened before, but you know, real estate's going to appreciate; it's not going to fall in value. So it's kind of like, well, all right, I hope that's the case, but I don't know. It was making me a little bit nervous. Yeah, I would um, I would say that Mark probably remembers this. The mortgages <laughs> back in two thousand three, four, five, six. Yeah, there were reps from other lenders and subprime lenders coming into my office and saying, hey, you know, if you have 5% down, we can go down to a 500 credit score, no money in the bank. God. No no verification. Yeah, no verification of employment. Uh, When was this? This was 05, 06. I never did those loans. Oh my gosh. What's a 500 credit score look like? That's really poor. It's a disaster. That's really poor. Like you don't pay people. It's an irresponsible person that's, you know, borrows money but doesn't pay it back. Right. You know, there could be a BK on there. There could be some public records on there. But, you know, that was in my forward mortgage days, you know. So uh, the, the difference between then and now. Yeah. I would say is that anybody borrowing money now, Mark knows this, they're credit worthy because there's regulations yeah. in place to make sure that there's no stated income loans out there. Yeah. There's no no-doc loans out there. People yeah. are, people have skin in the game when they're yeah. buying a house now. They can put 20% down. I know there's PMI loans. We can put less down. But you have a good credit score. You're working. Yeah. We're verifying you're working. And, and you have reserves. And the amount of equity you can borrow is smaller these days, right? In right. general, unless you're like a first-time home buyer and it's an right. FHA or something like that, so right? The, they're, they're, part of the reason that, yeah. The, 
housing prices were speculated back, you know, before the crisis. And then on top of that, you had people that would just throw the keys back to the bank in a, you know, moment's notice and say, hey, take the house back. There was because there was no. They had no skin. They had no skin in the game, and they had no intention on really staying there long term. And if if things went sideways, they would just give it back to the bank. So we had a lot of bad loans on the books back then. I don't think we have bad loans. Would they give it back to the bank, or would they live there for like five years making no mortgage payments? And then well, that that was probably the case. I feel like that happened at the beginning. They probably gave it back to the bank, and then the bank said, "No, uh, we can't. We can't even handle the amount of REOs that we're handling right now. Just flooding in." You probably remember that. Well, that's where I was introduced to your father in this show was. Back in 07-ish, uh, Sharon mm-hmm. uh, McNamara had a show also, and we collaborated with McNamara on Money talking about what are we going to do? What are we going to do now that everybody's over leveraged and the banks are collapsing? What are we going to do with this? And we were talking about the concept of a short sale. So that's where, uh, and I did a few shows with your father mm-hmm. on that topic because it was very interesting at the time because of when there's a cause, there's a reaction, right? So you lend m- money to folks that don't have a vested interest, like David was saying, the, the, you know, the um, envelope keys, right? They throw the keys in the envelope and send it back to the bank. That was one solution. Another solution was sitting in the house and, you know, come take me out, right? right? Come right. take me out. Yeah, kick pay, right. pay me to come out because I'm not paying you anymore. And then there was a concept of short sales because of the inverse in yeah. equity, right? So yeah. there was, you know, no down payment payments, there was interest only uh, payments, so you were not gaining any principal reduction, and mm. then there was a correction in the market. And it only takes a slight correction in the market for those to be exposed because, you know, 100% financing, you're at par with debt and equity, any correction in one way, negative equity, you're in a short sale situation. So one of the options was for people to sell their homes, continue to keep the dignity of being a home seller, not in the paper of being foreclosed and all of that. And and the bank would agree to take less than what they were owed because you know what? They were culpable in the whole scenario as well. Yeah. So you know, yeah. by the time that debt was sold down the secondary market, somebody was still probably making a profit on the short sale of that debt. But I digress. I mean, yeah. coming back to inflation for a minute, you know, the 152, what was that? $152 billion came out of home equity and like into people's pockets in 2021, plus two point something trillion dollars in federal stimulus went into people's pockets over the course of 2020, 2021. Like, no wonder we have inflation. Right. That's yeah. a lot of well, it. well, they said right? people like, bought things three years in advance. They bought three years worth of stuff right now instead of over three years. Oh, during the pandemic, you mean? Yeah, everybody. I mean, I remember being in home goods with my wife and seeing carts just full to the max going through the cash. People were buying like three years worth of stuff? Well, that's, with all that stimulus and you have all that money, you're buying everything and, you know, you can't really afford to buy it, but you have the money to buy it right now. So you bought everything that you would have bought over a three-year period more quickly. That's really interesting. Yeah. So they don't need to buy for the next three years. Right. And that's why prices went up so fast. (laughs) That's why we're paying high gas prices. And it's right. Not that's not, that's not why, but you know, so, you know, in my, in my world, it's, it's, it's a, it's a different world because we're dealing with people 62 and older and retirees. Yeah. So what I'm seeing and when I'm hearing the phone calls go like this, I'm on fixed income and inflation's wreaking havoc on that. And I'm trying to look at ways to yeah. compensate, make up for that loss. 
you know, my income's not going up. I'm not working. It is what it is. So if all my other costs of goods and services are going up, it's like I just got to decrease in pay. Yeah. And so, and a yeah. lot of them have portfolios. And when you're 70, 75 and you suffer losses there, as you know, you don't have as much time to make it back. Right. But a lot of them say, well, I have this house free and clear of mortgages. Yeah. And that's the 10.6 trillion no one's considering. Yeah. And what so, was that statistic? 10.6 trillion? 10.6 trillion equity? dollars of unused equity nationwide owned by people 60 62 and older. And older. Which are the which is the subset of the population eligible for yeah. reverse mortgages? And so th- yeah. the challenge there is is why isn't that ten point six trillion being considered? It ne- it's, it's an a asset mindset. class. It's, it's a mindset. It's, 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 mo- emotional. it's, it's emotional. It's emotional. It's a sacred cow. We've talked about this in All the right. past. It's buried treasure in right. your yard, though. But but, but oh, so but people will take a hundred and fifty two billion dollars out. Right. And that way, right, because that's a traditional out, way of doing it. Yeah, they'll take out, you know, hundreds of thousands and send their kids to college and then figure out later how to pay it back. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. people take equity out of their homes all the time. But this is generational, I think. But this is a generational mindset. It, I, I get that it's different because when you're taking it out and sending your kids to college and when you're refi cash out to, you know, to improve your home when you're in your 40s or 50s, like, I get it. You're still working. You're going to pay it back. So it's, it is different in that regard where people over 62 are not, well, they don't, they don't want a mortgage, right? And right. really, what they don't want is a mortgage payment, but they don't want a mortgage, and right. so I, I get that it's that and it's different. They want to have a legacy, right? So they want to be able to yeah. give that big asset away. Yeah. But if you think about it, in your earning years, we make income, yeah. right? And we have buckets we put it into. We yeah. put it into savings. Yeah. You manage it for them. We house ourselves. That's called a deposit into your house in the form of a payment every month. Right. But it's a deposit. Right. It's creating value in an asset. Right. So we all use our home on our P&L net worth. Right. But we have, someone's very excited at a cookout to say, I own a house in Hingham. It's worth a million dollars and there's no mortgages on it. It's probably worth a million and a half in Hingham, but yeah. yeah. Which is silly. More fixed income. And so they don't think about you know, when you deposit hundreds of thousands of dollars into your house and you're 70 years old, that's what you've done. Yeah. You've made deposits right. to create that equity. And when we deposit it into 401ks and IRAs and all that, we're doing that because we want to take it out of those when we retire as part of a spending plan. But we disregard the million yeah. dollar home that's free and clear. But you know Dr. Yeah. Ray Fine when he was on here. Yeah. He's an outsider to this industry. Yeah. And he's modeled putting a reverse mortgage in place to preserve right. that legacy. Yeah. Because if you have it in place and you experience a downturn, I'll stop drawing from Melissa's spending right. plan right. $2,500 a month and sell at a loss. Let's toggle over to the reverse equity line of credit. It yeah. comes out income tax-free and it doesn't affect your cash flow because there's no payment. L- L- it me- almost sounds too good to be true, right? And I that's think that's problem. probably one of the, the it's true, issues. Though. I know it is. I've <laughs> well, seen it people, up close and people- it will be part of my financial plan from 62 on. There's oh, no too. question about it because it's a balancing and it's a known balance, right? So you things you can control, right? You can't control the S&P. You can't. But traditionally, it's going to grow. Don't sell shares when it's down. Right. Use that li- that line, that equity that you have, the reverse mortgage. It's a f- it's an interest rate that you're aware of. You know what you're drawing from. And he stacked well, the deck against it. You know this. He, oh, yeah. And he, he's no, an I outsider. Know. He's a, yeah. a Princeton doctorate economics and you yeah. know his resume at age 35. It's, just, it's, it's stunning. It's crazy. But he well, stacked the deck against it and what he found yeah. out is I tried to stack against the deck against it with the upfront costs which yeah. are 
substantial. Right. Yeah. Um, but he factored all that in. It still makes retail sense. cost, having in place, but having in place early right. was how it made the yeah. legacy last. Because over 20 years, we were going to have downturns, and you were able to have that tap from right. that. But doing it in a crisis situation, now you're having to tap into your portfolio yeah. and sell at a loss instead of saying, well, we put this in place. Remember that? So, Well, people are... Uh, uh, People are afraid of things they didn't understand, and in many ways, that's a good thing. Um, you know, people are afraid of some people are afraid of annuities. I think in many ways that's a yeah. good thing, right? And, and there's not that <laughs> yes, yeah. um, and um, and people are afraid of. Uh, traditional investments in markets like this, if they don't understand, right? So, so it's not always, it's not always a bad thing to be afraid of something you don't understand. Sometimes it is bad. But thing. it's funny to but, add that, but that people are afraid of debt, and I think yeah, well managed yeah. debt creates th- a success. You have the ability to thrive when you have debt management. The biggest yeah. problem we favor. have, the biggest problem we have, is this: is because. The grand, the, the Great Depression mindset. Yeah. Yes. When they could call you note due way right. back in the '30s, whether you were behind on the mortgage or not, that's no longer. Right. There's no due on demand clause. You pay your payment, they can't take take your house back, even if there's a run on the money. So this generation that's still out there, that's still taking reverse mortgages out, it's always been let's save up a bunch of money, have a lister manage it for us, get the house mortgage free, and just leave that mm-hmm. alone and not consider it, and leave that behind for the kids. Mm-hmm. But I've been doing this 17 years and have had a bunch of clients pass away. What what do you think happens when the parents pass away and the carrots and sell it right away within a month it's gone yeah they all split the money new kitchen disney trip and they don't want the house the parents they have their own house and oftentimes they live out of state so they want the money but they don't want the house right so it's it just comes down to it's a mindset, but yeah. I'm, I'm 55, so my generation, I know, thinks differently. It's like baby face for 55. So, <laughs> um, when I turn 62, I'm doing a reverse mortgage. Right. Do I need to do a reverse? Not necessarily, but I'm doing it as a strategy because I want to stay in my house long term. It's a yeah. tool. And it's I, a financial tool. I will have the ability to make a decision to make a $2,300 a month payment if I want to and have it behave just like a regular mortgage, meaning the balance goes down because yeah. I'm making a payment. Or if my wife or I get sick, lose a job, you know, whatever the case may be, we're in a mortgage where we don't have to yeah. make payments. Yeah. And we don't have to ask for permission for forbearance. We can just stop making payments. If we want to take a trip, we can skip three payments. Take the trip with not making payments. It's yeah. $2,300 a month of cash flow that we could have or not have. So. Yeah. And there's many different applications. We can purchase a house with a reverse mortgage. Um, and that's that's just something that's not well known out there. Yeah. And a lot of folks that are retired, they think that, all right, I live in this house, it's worth 500, we don't have any mortgages on it. I sell it, I net 475, and then where do I go? But they don't realize that that 475 increases their buying power. And what do I mean by that is that we don't lend money on the purchase of the next house based on their income. It's based on their age. So mm-hmm. if they sell a house for five hundred, four seventy-five in hand, and buy another house for five hundred, just a lateral move to move closer to the grandkids, we can come to the closing table with a fifty percent reverse mortgage, two fifty. 
So they only needed 250 from their 475 net right. proceeds. Right, right. And then and they, they can the bank the rest yeah. with you and have the house with no mortgage payment. Right, right. Yeah. So they don't have to buy cash to achieve not having a mortgage payment. Yeah. But they don't understand how And to in order to buy cash, they would have to um, settle some of their, their equities, right? Their stocks. They would have to call us and say, we need to sell some of this stuff. Well, right. are you sure? Because right. it's not a great time right. to be selling right now. So and it's a tool that's not it. well known out there, but it... Yeah. And I get it. It's only been around since 2009. That part of a reverse mortgage, okay. the refi has been around since 1961. Oh, okay. The federally regulated one, which represents about 96% of reverse mortgages originated nationwide, has been around since 1988. Oh, okay. So. All right. I have a real, I had a real life situation and I'm going to describe the situation and David, you can tell me whether or not you think this is the perfect candidate for a reverse mortgage. Huh. So I was sitting with a client this past week, about 80 years old, um, owns a home, no debt. Kids are financially fine, well off. Um, wants to stay in the home forever, and or in, at least at this time anticipates that. Uh, has overdrawn from her portfolio for a while. Uh, it's getting small, and we're worried. I'm worried about longevity of it. And so overdrawn, being the budget of what we've projected, she should take. Me, yeah. Meaning, I am concerned that it's going to be gone before her life right, is over. Got it. And and we've known that for a while. Got it. But it, she's not living an ex, you know not living an exorbitant lifestyle, but just you know cost of living and yeah. the house needs this and that. Um. And so I have, I have some now, you know, over the years and now with the down market, right, her, her rate of draw is now higher yeah. when the value of the assets lower and they're sort of ad hoc withdrawals, right? And, and so it's hard to really gauge how much, you know, what her withdrawal rate is. Um, so I have now mm -hmm. some serious concerns about her money lasting long enough and not to mention there are things that she wants to do in her life and in her home that she doesn't think she can afford to do. If she wants to stay there long term, it's the only solution. And, right? and I, I'm just, I, you know, and I'm like, there this isn't is another solution. This I mean, I hate the, to say it that way. This is the perfect, it's perfect situation. Right. I mean, and just in real simple math. Yeah. She could stop drawing from your right. side of things and preserve that. Or reduce it. Yeah. yeah. Set up roughly a $450,000 reverse equity line of credit untouched, just there and available. Yeah. And that'll be growing income tax free right now at about 5.6%. Right. Guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah. If the value goes down, that still goes up. And so and then that she can, can be used from that. Yeah. She can budget from that as an income tax free resource now too. No consequences yeah. coming up this way. Leave the right. portfolio alone. Yeah. Well, Things we'll, you we'll, can control. We'll talk about after the break, you know, her reaction to my 20 minute explanation about how <laughs> this is the perfect solution. I have the perfect solution for you. It's um, emotional, like you said. Yeah. yeah. Leading right. that horse to the water, but you can't make him drink. We're just taking a break. You're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed, joined by David Tortolot, certified reverse mortgage professional. Uh, and Mark Stiles, Stiles Law and Marshfield. We'll be right back. This is Mike McNamara. If you're looking for a financial advisor, start by asking him or her three questions. Number one, are you a certified financial planner practitioner? Number two, are you legally held to a fiduciary standard of care for your clients? And number three, do you only give financial advice and not sell investment products? These are all simple yes-no questions. If he or she doesn't answer yes quickly and starts talking, that's a no, and it's time to move on to another advisor. 
And we're back. You're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed. Good morning, everyone. Uh, my co-hosts this morning are Mark's, I guess your guests. Well, you're kind of co-hosts. You guys are you guys are savvy. <laughs> you're experienced uh, radio hosts. Less pressure as a guest, though. Yeah. Oh, totally. You just show up and answer questions. That's <laughs> awesome. And say smart things once in a while. It's the best. Uh, David Tortolot, certified reverse mortgage professional with Homestead Mortgages. And uh, Mark Stiles with Stiles Law in Marshfield. Uh, thanks for being here, gentlemen. Thanks Always makes me. the show easier when there's multiple people too. So thank you for recruiting yeah, David. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty good about trying to recruit at least one guest, but it's way easier when there's multiple uh, opinions. Um, so right before the break, was I not explaining the perfect really candidate is. for a reverse mortgage? So and really anybody 62 or older, in yeah. my opinion, anybody 62 yeah. or older that wants, this is the key sentence, wants to stay in their home long-term, mm -hmm. more than likely there's an application for a reverse mortgage. Mm -hmm. You could tell me they have $2 million in the bank, $10,000 a month in fixed income, I could still say, well, we can set up this reverse equity line of credit. It's just there. Yeah. It's a backstop. You may never use it. And that would be great if you never use it. But there's no out-of-pocket cost to get that. I think it's cost you between $600 and $700 for an appraisal. And the counseling class is 175 So that's your out-of-pocket uh, cost to set that up. To set up a reverse home right. equity line of reverse, reverse yeah. equity line of credit? Comes out of the house. The yeah. house absorbs the cost. Oh, I see what you mean, yeah. So yeah. if they want to yeah. stay there long oh, term, about out of pocket. Yeah. the costs become yeah. irrelevant yeah. if they want to stay there long term because the home's going to appreciate Correct. long term and offset the costs yeah. that the house absorbed to set up You guys up have that. different regulations in your businesses. I couldn't say that. I couldn't say this is going to appreciate. <laughs> I guess in your well, world, maybe your you can. You though. could say this would likely yeah. appreciate yeah. over I time. Mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's funny, your video. Time. I was like, you have different compliance yeah, regulations Well, that's why I, I wanted to share because <laughs> I, I do. I, like, I am not governed by FINRA. I'm not yeah. governed by that. And I want to yeah. share with people that, you know, that do-it-yourself stock plan on Robinhood was great for the last three years. But if you're looking long term, if you're looking at perspective, if you're looking at how can I take uh, my fixed income from my equity in my home versus my stocks for a little while, you need professional advice. Yeah. And that was the goal of yeah. that video that we did that was please, yeah. pretty please with sugar on top, <laughs> engage a financial yeah. advisor. Stop trying to do this yourself because you will sleep better at night. You will be able to look at your statements and know, yeah, this is this is part of the thing. And, you know, Alyssa managed my expectations. This is what's going to happen. Yeah. She, she projected all of what, you know, she didn't guarantee anything, but she looked forward with perspective from the past and she managed my expectations and I feel good about it and yeah. David was right there to allow me to to balance out my my fixed needs every month by pulling from from the equity of my home which is you know, it's doing nothing buried in the back of my yard. But you don't get this information without working with professionals. You're not going to get this yeah. Googling and trying to figure it out yourself. And certainly you're not going to get it by watching the TV. Because yeah. that information is it's not that great. Right. Or listening to a radio show. Right. But we do give good advice. You're going to get a lot really of it, but you're not enough. It's um, an appetizer. But so it was a perfect client. It was perfect client. And, and I probably spent a good 15 minutes, you know, uh, we had some conversations about the situation and probably spent a good 15 minutes schooling her on reverse mortgages. Yeah. And I'm sure you can imagine her. It's tough. Just ve very hesitant, very like, you know, oh no, yeah, I can't do Even that. though yeah, she trusts yeah. you 100% and they're still hesitant. Yeah. Right, right. Um, and I really, really think it's very appropriate for her and was trying to explain that, you know, you could 
just continue spending down this asset and and you know if it doesn't last as long as you you could do the reverse later i don't necessarily think that that's in your best interest i think you should start having the conversations now and you know trying to explain like it's it's also it's a quality of life Mm -hmm. you know um tool in in this situation anyway where there was you know x y and z that she wanted to do in her home you know to improve her home that she's going to live in for you know the rest of her life and maybe do x y and z trip or whatever and and it's just a quality of life um tool and and i kind of feel sad for people that have access to that that asset that could improve quality of life and and they're just so hesitant or scared to do it. It makes me feel a little bit sad. Yeah, that's why um, HUD and FHA set up the reverse mortgage. Yeah, so you we, could tap back into that account you deposited a lot of money into once you exceed age 62 and ask for it back. Yeah, That's exactly why they did it. Yeah, Just like you're going to start drawing from an IRA. Just like you're going to start all right. that money you put into that, you're age 65. Hey, listen, I want two grand a month from that now. Well, I want two grand a month right. from my reverse equity line of credit doesn't yeah. affect my cash flow it's an account buckets it's a house but it's just not considered it's on the net worth no one will yeah. ever exclude it from the net worth but they won't right but they won't spend it, it down they yeah. won't consider it or get educated all i all i really the, the point of who i am and what i do mostly is educate yeah just learn about it it may not be the right tool it's just a tool yeah i, I always present it as a tool it's yeah. not the only tool. It's a tool among others that are in the tool bag. And others might be a better option or alternative. But just learn about it because inevitably, every time I sit down with a family, the kids will say, oh, mm. I didn't realize that the house didn't, I mean, the bank didn't own the house after my parents took it out. Oh, I didn't realize you could sell it after they take it out. I thought you were locked in forever. Mm. Oh, I thought... At the moment you did a reverse mortgage, all the equity was gone. We weren't going to get anything. There's so many aha moments and people say, inevitably, they say, geez, I wish we knew this 10 years ago. And you just can't find this information. You can't find the information online. Mark's right. What you can find online is age 62 or older, primary residence only, and about 50% equity in the property. You can't learn about it with that information. Yeah. But it's so interesting that you talk about the family. And, and Alyssa, when you were painting the picture of this perfect candidate, you talked about the family and they're all doing okay. Yeah. So it's like, okay, let's all have this conversation now because mom or dad or mom and dad, they're they're cutting back. They're not doing things that they yeah. want to do because they want to leave this to you. Can we have this conversation like mom and dad, You've taught us. You only live once. You've taught us. Right, like this is right. this is the time for you to be enjoying your life. You should not be struggling or sacrificing for the legacy that we're good. We yeah. want you good. And most kids, I think, would say that and right. would feel. Like oh, they that. do. Yeah. When I'm at yeah. when I'm at a setting and there's the son, the daughter, yeah. the dad, and the mom. Yeah. Once we get towards the end, the kids will usually look at their parents and say, "Mom, you spent one hundred and fifty thousand yeah. dollars on my college." The son got $100,000 worth of your equity because he lost his job and you wanted to keep a roof over his head yeah. for three years. This is your home. It's your asset. Yeah. You've made the equity in it. Use it. If this there's is something left when, we, when you pass away, that's fine. If there's nothing left, it's not our house. Right. And, that, and then you can see the parents go, oh, thank you for telling me. Yeah, that's sweet. Yeah. You know? uh, and so they want to hear like it from the burden them. lifted. Yeah. 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 Or the worry. Yeah. It is interesting. I was thinking before the show regarding, you know, all your different assets and right. And, and, 
Um, and that, you know, you, you kind of alluded to it or, or we're talking about it earlier, David, in terms of, you know, you, you fund your 401k, you put money in your 401k, you add money to your savings account, right? And you, you, you sort of fund equity, you build equity in the right. house By via your payments. mortgage payments, right? right? But it's just, but, but it's, it's just so interesting. Like, but people will, it's not like a line, equity in your home isn't like a right. line item it's anywhere, invisible. right? It's not on a statement anywhere. It's in your you mind. You feel like you earned it. Right. Maybe that's what it is. But people like we were just talking about are, are, um, they're, I shouldn't say, maybe not happy to, but they will uh, often or willingly take equity out in certain periods of their life you know, those, the, the working years or the accumulation phase, right. And sending their kids to college and improving the home and all that stuff. So they'll, they'll use the equity. People will use equity in their homes all the time where we just talked about the cash out refi boom. And, and, and I can, you know, lots of people borrow and when they send their kids to college, but, but then there's this whole period of, of time where people are so hesitant to use equity in the home. And even if you explain what there's no pay, people don't want the payment but there's no payment with a reverse mortgage. So right. I, it's hard to like get them there. It's and, a mortgage, and, yeah. but it's a mortgage without a principal and interest obligation. Yeah. But here's yeah. the beauty. I mean, if you think about, if someone just said to you, didn't say reverse mortgage and said, hey, how would you like to Maybe that's have a mortgage is, on like your house? Yeah. Where? Yeah. Tap yeah. into this yeah. free cash. Yeah. You take, well, if you phrase it this way. So, hey, Alyssa, so you're taking this mortgage out today. You can take this one out that's a 30-year fixed on the first of every month. You pay me back without exception. If you skip three payments, I can take the house back. Or we can do this mortgage. Yeah. Same thing. You own the house here. You own the house here on the reverse mortgage. Title doesn't change. But this mortgage, it's a mortgage, gets recorded as a mortgage in the note, promise yeah. to pay back. But you don't have a monthly payment obligation on this one. And you can make a payment every month if you want to on a reverse mortgage. You mm-hmm. can make one annually. You can make one twice a month. You can make up your own b- balloon payment. You can make a $100 a month payment. You can make a $50,000 annual payment Yeah. or never make a payment at all. Does maybe, that sound flexible? Maybe we just need to rebrand <laughs> it. it. Maybe, well, that's it, maybe we I just think. need to call it a no payment mortgage or an NPM. Flexible Did I just rebrand level. it? It's F-P- flexible payment. I think it's even more than that. It's a disruption in the mindset of the American people, the American dream, right? Go to school. It's like the American dream. That's what it is. No mortgage in retirement. Buy a home. Yeah, yeah. Get your pension. Pay off your mortgage and burn it, and then re- and then and then <laughs> retire. Burn the mortgage. Yeah, oh. yeah. Put, put the flag upon. I mean, put the eagle across. Well, that's the what they did in the '30s and '40s. Burn that mortgage at the local bonfire cookout. As soon as it paid full, because they were calling the mortgages due back. Yeah, you're a little older than me, David. I don't remember the '30s and '40s. Well, that's that's the mindset. But it it carries generation to generation, right? I mean, all of us are saying this is this this is this is funny. This is humorous. But you know, what are our parents teaching us about finances? Obviously, your father was a financial professional, so he's teaching you healthy money habits. Where a lot of parents, a lot of households, social domains, as Dr. Joe talks about them, home domains, are teaching wrong, right? Hold on to it, right? Yeah. Don't spend, don't do anything that has any risk and 
by golly, pay off that mortgage. Do everything you can to pay off that mortgage instead of managing this debt responsibly. And that's a disruption. That's a disruption of mindset that will make so many people, probably folks listening to this right now, really, really uncomfortable. But why are you paying off your mortgage? The the cost of those funds is so cheap. You could do so much better with it. And now, and it's much harder to have this conversation with the generation of folks that are 62 and older, because if you play out who their parents were, who are talking to them, they're talking about the Depression era. Yeah. You know, we're talking about remembering things that simply don't exist anymore. And to, to have them change their mindset around the equity in their home is really challenging, where I think 20 years from now, I think it's going to be a whole different ball game that people are oh. going to see this as a tool, as a strategy. Oh, I remember that guy David Tort a lot in 2022 talking about this. Yeah. But it is so vastly important to to spread it out and diversify and because, you know, there are many many factors and this is this is such an it's a no-brainer. I hate to say no-brainer. I hate to say <laughs> slam dunk, but it really has to be part of everyone's portfolio, I think. I feel I like the guy, I feel like this guy, I'm Friday night, I'm at Boston College. We'll I, have six, I, have, yeah. I have six kegs, and I have this big speaker, and I yell out, free beer at 6 o'clock right. on Friday night, and no one comes out of the dorm. Right. That's how I, I feel bet. about reverse oh, mortgages yeah. because yeah. I don't think they're for everybody. No, right. I agree. But and I, I think and not everyone should experience underutilized ten point six trillion. Can you imagine the yeah. problems tapping into some of that will fix? So we'll go to the caller in one yeah. second, but I, I I do think you know I should jump in that I don't always think it's good to have debt in retirement, and right. I do debt is an emotional weight. It's uncomfortable for people. I do preach you know for many of my yep. people working towards retirement that yes, this is a good idea. You know, pay down, pay off the mortgage, pay off these other debts. You know, it feels good for people. Mm. So I think like you know in a in a perfect world, you know, debt reduction and then living off of your income and your assets in retirement is a good plan. And so I you know I preach that as well. Right, yeah. so I'm part of the. I guess if you if we want, if you want to call it that. a problem, right, right. But but I do think there are so many situations where taking equity out in the form of a reverse mortgage for someone over 62 is a great solution, and people are really hesitant. And to using it, it it's responsibly, not, it's not too. traditional. Yeah. All right, we have a caller. Let's go to Ed from Hall. Good morning, Ed. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Good. I got a what? couple of questions on the reverse mortgage. All right. Um, one. If your house is in a flood zone, do you have to take out flood insurance? Yes, on any mortgage, Ed, and thanks for the call. Any mortgage company, whether it's a traditional mortgage, most companies, local banks might turn a blind eye to it because they're in your community, but any lenders or reverse mortgages for that matter, if you take out a reverse mortgage and you show up in that flood zone, they're going to require insurance on it because they have a mortgage against it as well. Yeah, that's good question. Okay. Yeah. Um, the other question is, what are some of the upfront costs on mm. yeah, a mortgage like? Yep. There's two upfront costs out of pocket, meaning you're paying for those in advance of the loan closing. There's a counseling class that's a safeguard put in place by HUD, meaning you sit down with a neutral third party before you proceed formally. It's about $175. And then the appraisal, that can range between $550 and you know, say even $1,000, depending on the home's value, if it exceeds a million or it's a multifamily. But then there's rolled-in costs. And so those are all tied to the home's value. So a lot of people wonder, how much does it cost to take out a reverse mortgage? Well, it depends on your home's appraised value. 
if you got a home mm-hmm. that appraises for 300, it's a lot less than someone who's going to have a home that appraises at a million. Just to give you a perspective, Ed, I would say on average, um, rolled in costs are going to range between right now where home values are between 15,000 and 30,000. Oh, wow. So you get a million dollar yeah. home, you're approaching 30,000 because it's a fixed percentage of okay. that home value is how the costs are determined. Um, so it's like 3%? It's, yeah. Two and a half, three two, percent? It's 2% for the yeah. HUD fee of the value, and then you get an origination fee that caps at yeah. 6000 So if you add those and then the attorney's job to do the closing mm. and all the title exam work and 60 days of labor to get it to closing, on a million-dollar home is about 30000 of rolled-in costs, $400,000 house about thirteen to 15000 It's a percentage of it. HUD standardizes that, not the person you speak to like okay. me or the lender. Right. Yeah, it's not great, a very commission. Great question. And, and David, I've asked you this 10 times, and I always forget the answer. Can you pay that out of pocket so the Absolutely. loan doesn't begin accruing interest right yes. away? You can definitely do that, but yeah. I would you know weigh the pros and cons of that, okay. taking the money out of the... Uh, whatever it is, an IRA, whatever it is. Yeah. And if you, if you have cash. Or if they but have cash. But be, just so it, that you're not accruing interest immediately if you're not planning to use it immediately. Yep, you can just, definitely pay question. for it. No yeah. one really does that, but the answer is yes. Yeah. If someone is hell-bent no on it. setting up the mortgage but having a zero balance to start out of the gate, not accruing interest, you yeah. can certainly not do that. Mark's going to be your first client to do that, <laughs> to pay his closing costs out of pocket so he doesn't it's, have a balance. And it's accruing. fine to yeah. do that. You know, I don't yeah. have any problem with it. Yeah. But when you talk to someone who says, I'm, gonna, I'm staying here long-term, well, part Starting with thirty grand out of your savings, and you only have a hundred in that savings account, leaving you left sure, with seventy. Yeah. Yeah. You're not ever realizing the loss. And if you take five percent right. on yeah. on thirty thousand annually on a million dollar home, if it was my parents, I'd say no. Keep okay. the money in the bank. But you can do All right, it. Yeah. It can definitely be done. Ed, do you have any other questions? What or? The, um, well, what what type of interest rate is it? Is it equivalent oh, to a home equity interest rate? Is it equivalent to a 30 year fixed? I mean, where, where are you? Yeah. Good question. So, yeah, 96% of reverse mortgages nationwide are, are they're open ended loans. That just means they're more like along the lines of a home equity line, where it's open ended. You borrow the money as you need it. We also have fixed rate reverse mortgages as well. The variable right now is around 5.6%. So, that's probably close to a home equity line of credit to a local bank, which runs off prime rate. We just use right. a different index, Ed. It's, a, it's an adjustable rate. It can adjust up or down monthly. The beauty of a reverse mortgage equity line of credit is that HUD puts a 5% interest rate cap on it over the life of the loan on top of where you start, whereas okay. prime rate, I think, doesn't have a cap. It goes to what it goes to right. 3% above the Fed funds rate. And, so it, and that's an interest-only payment, too. So... You know, if someone starts at 5% today on their variable rate, it can never go higher than 10, basically. So on the reverse equity line, the fixed rates are running around 5.6% right now, but those are far and few between. They have certain applications, uh, meaning someone has a mortgage to pay off and we're just transitioning it right into a reverse of an equivalent amount. Um, And so in purchasing a home with a reverse mortgage, we do the fixed rate because you're borrowing all the money right away to complete the transaction. Right. Okay. All right. I just want to, I mean, I'm not even ready to do it now. I just want to get a little bit of facts behind me. That's all. So. Yeah. yeah. No, no great questions. Thank you for the call. Oh, thank you. All right. Thanks, thanks Ed. Have a good day. Take care. You too. Thanks. Um, and David, the interest 
rate that you're quoting, that's on the balance inside of the loan, right? Is Borrowed that- Borrowed money. Is that yeah. also, there's also like an interest rate on the, the equity line of credit, right? In same terms rate. of that grows, it's the same rate. It's the same rate. So okay. think of one bucket of money. If someone's got an $800,000 house and they can borrow 450 in a reverse equity line of credit, yeah. there's $450,000 earmarked in equity. If you take 10,000 out, that's deferring interest at 5.6% annually. What's left in the bucket is growing at right. the same rate. So right. on your monthly statement, you see it's two things. Outstanding okay. loan balance that deferred interest monthly at an annual rate. And then the line of credit that grew income tax-free okay. at the same rate annually. I had a thought and then I lost it. What was I going to say? Um, I Well, we can't. We can't uh, let you go today without talking about the tax benefits also right. of borrowing, borrowing from the home versus borrowing from a traditional portfolio, right. which would have, yeah. you know, if it's qualified or retirement money, would have income taxes to take the funds out. Or even if it's what we call non-qualified or like, you know, brokerage account type assets would, you know, maybe not write the second, but generally would have capital gains taxes on, you know, some of the dollars taken out. And whereas dollars that come out of the, the home are tax-free. Yeah. So... Let's use an example of just say someone like you, you're managing a million dollars for someone, but you did set up a reverse equity line of credit. Let's say they have 400,000. So mm -hmm. they come to you and say, listen, we need to buy a new car. We need 25 grand. What's the best bucket to take this out of? And you yeah. say, well, this bucket, you're going to take 32,000 out mm -hmm. to get 25. Mm -hmm. But this one over here, you can just take 25 out. Yeah. Not just cash. Yeah. And it comes out. And when you take it out, you borrowed it and it's a mortgage balance against your house, but there's no payment next month. So you didn't affect your cash flow. So you, yeah. it just gives you that new bucket that's in place. And it might not be the old, the uh, bucket you always say is the best one to take the money from. It might be part of their proceeds in their yeah. portfolio. So um, you can use a reverse mortgage as a hedge to push out collecting your Social Security. Yeah. Meaning you could take yeah. a payment from the line of credit, bridge that gap. Yeah. You could use it to do Roth conversions and pay the tax bill going from IRA to Roth. Oh, that's fancy, their, David. That's with fancy. With the reverse yeah. mortgage instead of, you know, losing that net loss in your in your, in your portfolio. So how do you convince people that they're not going backwards? Speaking of things that people don't understand, let's do a reverse mortgage and a Roth conversion. Yeah, I know. Like, well, exactly. That's just, spinning. It just popped in my head because you <laughs> yeah. said, caught, what, how can you yeah, use yeah. it as a tax Yeah, not hedge. that it's not, not that it's necessarily a bad plan for well, some people. Well, that's all Dr. Yeah, Wade yeah, yeah. Faust strategies, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So he says, if you feel like- he's if like your the clients, smartest person alive and understands yeah, that. If yeah, if you feel like your clients are going to be in a higher tax bracket in next year or the year to come right. because of their drawing, well, yeah. let's stop drawing from the portfolio right. yeah. and draw from the line of credit and keep our <laughs> yeah. tax bracket below. But how do you convince them? It, it seems as though the financial professionals can can budget with their people and show, like, hey, if we pull on a consistent basis out of these, you know, pools, these buckets of, of investments that you've put in there, how do you convince people that this is a similar bucket, that they're not going backwards? It seems like it's that mindset we keep talking about mm. that, well, I'm, I'm, I'm failing if I have to take from my house. Like I'm, I'm not where I want to be and, and I'm going backwards yeah. as opposed to, well, you did the same thing. Yeah. The S&P did the same thing as the home value appreciation. How do you, how do you bust that myth? In it's hard. Stigma? That's part know. of the initial consultation. You know, when I'm sitting down with people, you just yeah. tell them about all the pros and all the cons. Yeah. And you sometimes have to explain it several times. Yeah. People and I might have just, to meet with people two or three yeah. times to get them. And then they finally say, now we get it. I think it's the financial advisor has to be 
on board too. Oh, they're because huge. That's, that's, they're huge because there's yeah. trust there. Yeah. And then sometimes we meet with clients and we say, this is why we're here today, Dave. Mm-hmm. We feel like they're drawing down. We had them at age 89 with their portfolio a decade ago. And now we're at age 84 based on what they're drawing. Mm. We set this up. We feel like we're getting back to age 89 because we've set up this new bucket of money. Yeah. So it, it it's huge. Financial planners are huge because... Because uh, we're amazing. Because you're amazing. And you get it. And you get it. Well, money will always be emotional. Yeah. Right? And even when I, you know, try to explain that the best investors are the ones that have no emotions right. about their money. It's just not realistic. It's, yeah. it, and it never will be. Um, I have to imagine that reverse mortgages will get more popular, though. Well, they are now. In the short term. Yeah. But, oh, but over the long term, too. Just because, you know, people's net worths are like the dynamic of their net worth right now is different than it was a couple years ago, right? In terms of the the equity in their home is a much larger percentage of their net worth. And right now anyway, the 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 uh, the size of their 401k or other, you know, traditional investment assets is is a smaller percentage of their yeah. net worth. Um yeah. just, you know, and that's temporary. It's a temporary downturn, but right now anyway, the potential, you know, it depends on the home and all that and the situation of course, but but there could be a lot of people who have like the, their their net worth is sort of skewed to the equity in the home right now, right? right. And and um, and using that equity, you know, right now while markets are down, if you need access to something yeah. like you were just talking about, you know, I'm, of course I'm getting calls now about people that you know in this particular person that I was talking about in this real that real life example, she needed extra money that we hadn't planned for, and I have. You know, whenever I have a retiree that's drawing money out, we have cash reserves and stuff that can help us weather these these down markets. But when there's additional, you know, ad hoc needs that weren't really planned for, and stuff comes up in life, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, I get it. Um, but it it's yeah. Then you're having these conversations like, well, it's not the best time to take money out. Um, it's in, it's interesting. If we had assets elsewhere exactly. to access, that would be lovely. Right, right it's now. interesting yeah. because ninety percent of yeah. the myths that folks have in their head are stigmas attached to reverse mortgages. They don't stem from the federally insured reverse mortgage product that started in 1988. They stem from the unregulated mortgages, reverse mortgages from the 60s and 70s. Wow. um, And so it wasn't until the late 80s that HUD and FHA said, we like the concept of reverse mortgages, so why don't we retool it? We'll regulate it, oversee it, standardize it, yeah. and offer it to the lenders. Now, was it misused? It was. There was yeah. cross-selling problems going on with financial planners and, mm. and originators extracting the money and investing it in risky investments, and then they lost the money. Um, and so, but it's, since 2015, this is the most transparent mortgage I've ever originated. Mm. I've originated them all mm. back in the early 2000s. And it's been shored up by HUD because they found out about all the bugs and all the misuses, and they fixed that. They fixed it yeah. with counseling. They fixed it with no one can get a reverse mortgage now unless they can sustain long-term. It's like the same conversation I have when we talk about long-term care insurance, where there's a lot of misunderstandings regarding yeah. the product because it was because it was a totally different product 20 years ago, right? And so, but that's unfortunate. But you know what, gentlemen? That's why we're here educating people on these on these things. Um, all right, we gotta go. 
Uh, thank you so much, David Tortolot, uh, certified reverse mortgage professional with Homestead Mortgages. You can find him at homesteadreversemortgages.com yep. or Dave at myhomesteadmortgage.com. Or the old-fashioned way, 617-797-3277. And uh, also, thank you so much, Mark Styles of Styles Law. They can find you at uh, Styles Styles-Law. Yes, super, certainly very grateful to be here and uh, have this uh, awesome conversation you're doing. Wonderful work for people simplifying very complex things. Thank you. On that vein, check out our YouTube channel. That's where we simplify things at Styles Law on YouTube. You can seek and look for any question. And check me out, McNamaraFinancial.com.